Hi, everybody. This is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life, the podcast about creatives, how and why they make the work that they do. And today it is my special honor to introduce my agent, Tara Gonzalez. Tara is an agent with the Aaron Murphy Literary Agency, as well as a social media coordinator. She loves all ages of children's literature, from picture books to young adult. She loves characters and stories that resonate and strong voices. She has her master's degree in media and communication studies and a background in esports, social media, and team management. Hi, Tara. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much. No, I am super excited. I have to fangirl a little bit, everybody. Tara is like my fairy godmother. I mean, I think of the story, uh, The Velveteen Rabbit, and like the fairy at the end of the the story turns the rabbit into the stuffed animal into a real rabbit. And I was just like, oh my gosh, the contact that I got from you, it was like, like the sky opened up or something and the light shined down. So (laughs) I am so grateful that you would take time out of your busy schedule to talk to us. No, absolutely. I'm happy to do it. Well, I know that everybody's probably wondering, like, where does your love of all things books and children's books stem from? I mean, I think my my answer to that is probably similar to a lot of people in that I just read so much as a kid. You know, I, I was able to read dozens of books a week, week which I can't do anymore. Um, of course, <laughs> but like I would just bring books with me to school. I read in between classes. I'd read just sitting at my desk, and um, I just like knew from the get go that I wanted to go into something to do with books. Did, were you the kid you got in trouble for reading when you should have been listening to? Absolutely, <laughs> they were. They're like Tara, put that book down. Like you need to be doing your math. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I was also the kid who was like reading behind the textbook. Oh, smart, smart. Yeah. I mean, it's like the artist who's doodling when they should be (laughs) listening, but it's with books. So my next question has to do with what drew you to become an agent? Agent, What was the origin story behind all that? Yeah, I mean, so I actually started when I was doing my undergrad, it was in English. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I like actually started book blogging just kind of a side hobby um and that like taught me a lot about the publishing industry in terms of like all the different people um and then I like was trying to figure out what I would want to do if I went into publishing so I actually did like a bunch of different like internships and jobs so I worked um like some internships at smaller presses and I worked in an internship publicity and then I did um some internships at literary agencies and that's where I kind of realized that like that was the part of being an agent that I, re- or being in the publishing industry that I really liked. Like, that's where I wanted to be in terms of the process of a book. You liked being everybody's fairy godmother. delivery <laughs> being like, oh, you know, it's like, it's amazing. That part, I would go like, oh, that would be exciting. But then seeing like the stuff that is like, that you see so much potential in, I would imagine like you go like, I know, like you've already had books that have been um, under under contract or they're actually been published now. And then you saw that, that journey that it made. I mean, was that pretty exciting? Yes. I like, I from making the call with a writer, illustrator, um, like a creator and telling them I want to represent them to like, sending it out on sub to making the call that it's going to be we got an offer it's going to be published and then like 
getting the first like cover sketches and like all of that like it's just so exciting I love it the process is really exciting when you start like that early on it's amazing and so then when it's published and then you're holding that physical copy of the book and all of the time and effort um because I, I'm if for those listeners who aren't aware like it's a it's a process it takes a while from that initial contact to getting it out the door can you say like I'm sorry it wasn't in my questions originally but about how, how long would you say that time frame I guess it's different probably for each book but can you give us about an estimate what's the average like the time from when you contacted to ha- holding that book in your hands yeah I mean years <laughs> it's years um because like for a novel um say I sign a client and we revised and that takes a couple months and then we sit down the job and that takes more months and then um so let's say like I don't know six months from signing to selling just if you're lucky (laughs) um and then it's like a year and a half to get the book published basically so like they're going through edits and cover sketches um picture books takes even longer (laughs) years and years like picture books that you sell today like aren't going to be published till 2024 so it, it yeah it's a long long process wow that's amazing and I was curious so you have your master's degree in communications and so you know I was curious um how and this I kind of changed the question sorry I was wondering how has that benefited you as an agent the the, the things that you learned in that program um, has that benefited you as an agent? Yeah, I think so. I mean, so I got my master's in communication, not really for like a great reason. Um, I was just, it was, I was procrastinating on making decisions about like being an adult. Um, and then what I like really learned from that program is there was a lot of theories and a lot of how people communicate with each other and like, you know, cognitive dissonance and all that. And so like, it's taught me a lot about how what I say to someone is being processed and like the best way is to kind of phrase it so that it goes through without them like reacting negatively or something like that and so that's that's really helped a lot and this is always on the minds of anybody who's listening especially if they're children's book illustrators Uh, what type of manuscripts and illustrations are you looking for as an agent I mean, I'm really just looking for things that spark with me. Um, I like things that I just kind of read or look at and I just like can't, like I want it so bad. Um, so I don't have, like it's, it really just depends. Um, for illustrators in particular, I think what I look for is something that I fall in love with and a style that I adore. Um, but I think with illustrators in particular, you really don't want to represent multiple illustrators that styles are so similar. Um, because you you want to be respectful of the other clients that you already have and like making sure that they're not going for the same jobs and that kind of thing. Um, and then with novels um, and picture books, and I think, you know, I'm pretty open in terms of like genres. It's more about stories that I just like can't stop reading. Wow. And so this is an additional question because this brings up something that you're mentioning, like, because you mentioned in um, when I read your bio about that strong voice. And so as an illustrator who would like to be a, also a writer, I'm trying to find my voice. And can you give us any, because 
it's kind of for me like I think I kind of understand but then I kind of don't so I'm wondering for you what do you what does that mean as far as strong voice in the writing um I think it's it's about an a writer who really knows who their character is um and I think that really comes through when an author has spent time getting to know their story and getting to know their character and kind of bringing them to life on the page because it's all kind of I feel like I'm I'm very new to that and that's helpful because I I thought about what illustrators would consider voice in their own work and it's a lot of it's taken from as I've kind of matured and done more and more in the children's book genre it's been like putting more of myself in there Mm -hmm. I guess and personalizing it and not like you know because those memories that I've had with my son or things that I where I live are really like such great inspiration and sources to the things I want to illustrate and so what you're telling me that is very helpful thank you so much so (laughs) absolutely really appreciate that I think the I think that's true of novels too and that I love being able to look at an illustration or look at a novel and know that the same person illustrated or wrote something else but it's still so different but you can still see them come through now how do you find your authors and illustrators because with the pandemic (laughs) I know it's made everything a little bit different than maybe normal operations of sending things in so how have you been finding the authors and illustrators you want to work with I think I mean my process hasn't really changed all that much um I I get a lot of my clients I think through um, like random Twitter pitch events and all of that um I try to participate in those especially when they're um, targeted towards people of like marginalized communities because I think I always try to stay open always to people of marginalized communities in terms of like cold queries um but I find a lot of clients through that kind of thing also through cold queries I always <laughs> I always check and read um and then illustrators in particular sometimes they submit a lot of times I just try to keep my eye out on social media and see um like you know kidlit um art kidlit art postcard that's, that's where I found you yeah. <laughs> I'm so grateful for that because it was another illustrator I saw her posting and then I messaged her because she was actually my professor from when I was getting my art education degree, and wow. now she's an established author and children's book illustrator. I met her before she'd had, you know, her life was so different then, and she was a professor of printmaking, and she was great. And then I, I messaged her some questions, and because I saw this thing, and then she told me like who started it, and then um, yeah, I, 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 that was my second time doing the hashtag, and then another illustrator who was so sweet and so wonderful, Tamika Grooms. She was like, oh, are you looking for representation? Nancy, you need to post that on Twitter <laughs> and then I'll share it. And I was like, really? What's, you know, I, it was so, Twitter is so like overwhelming for me as somebody who's more of an illustrator. So I posted it and, and then, um, yeah, and she was kind enough to share it. And so it was so nice. I love the people in the industry. I have to say, mm-hmm. they're so nice. So, so nice. Have you found that that's pretty much the case? Because you want to work with nice people. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think I love how supportive the kidlit um, artists and writer communities can really be. Um, I think that like 
with all social media and all of that, there's always potential for drama. But in, in general, I think people are really supportive of each other. And I don't know, it's really nice. I do like working with nice people. So, so um, my next question is, what are things that immediately may turn you off from a writing or illustration query that you get? Just so like, if there's like maybe three things that you find that would right away kind of be like, oh, that's a no. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, kind of going back to working with a nice people thing, I think um, sometimes it's not always about the project itself. It's sometimes like if the creator submitting it seems like mean or rude or pushy, you have to really think about what personalities gel with yours and who you want to work with, who you want to have meetings with, who you want to, who you want to represent. Um, it's like, it's about who you connect with. So if someone was came off as not very nice, maybe that would turn me off a little um, because I do want to work with someone who I want to talk to all the time. <laughs> um, and I think also in terms of actual content, um, you know, of course, anything that's coming off as like ableist or racist or homophobic, um, transphobic, anything like that, like, those kinds of things go against everything that I want to represent and uplift in the in the world. So that would definitely turn me off. Thank you so much for sharing that. So if the roles were reversed and you were approached by an agent for representation, what are three questions you would ask them and why? Um, I would ask what their submission style is. Um, I think it's important to kind of know how many editors they usually submit to, how how they choose those editors. Um, I think like especially with how how overburdened everybody is, there's mm -hmm. like sometimes agents and you know that's their own style, but sometimes agents have the strategy of just like throwing stuff at a wall and seeing what sticks. Mm -hmm. I personally like. I think that's just how people get overburdened is they have too much that doesn't really relate to them. Um, so I think like tailoring those lists can be important. So I would see, you know, what an agent does to tailor those lists. Um, and I think communication style is also really important to ask about because if you are a creator who really needs constant contact, um, like constant communication with your agent and your agent is like kind of hands off and you know, only checks in every once in a while, maybe you two aren't the best match. Um, at least being able to communicate that you need that and seeing what the agent says. Um, and then maybe like the third question I would ask is how the agent would handle it if they didn't personally like a project that the creator had written or illustrated or what have you. Um, just to see like, you know, how they handle like conflict in the relationship and how they can move forward from that. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And this is um, my next question because you're doing so much and you have um, all regular life as well going <laughs> on. Because I, I did see on Twitter you said your water was out. Oh, yeah, that was mm -hmm. fun. <laughs> that was really fun. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's um, that's a nice way, lightly, lightly, lightly. <laughs> Fun. It's one way to have fun, <laughs> but you know that going on. Plus, um, your your jet, your job, and so how do you manage your work life balance? Yeah, this is a, like a funny, like it's it's a strange question to me because I've always done so many things. I guess like ever since college, like I was working three jobs, or I was in grad school and working. Sorry, my cat just 
lost her mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think like it's just something that I've always done. So I don't really think about it. Um, But I think like the most important thing for me is to like, I keep very, um, very detailed to do lists, um, especially like what I need to do each day, like what my top like three priorities are. Um, I also keep like client to do lists, like what I need to be doing for each client um, and like bringing those over to the daily tasks and that kind of thing. So I just keep myself very organized and I also don't sleep much. Wow. That's, um, uh, I, I can't, you're, I can tell from your person, you just like to go, go, go like the Energizer bunny. And it's just one of those things. So can I ask how do you, then if you hardly sleep, how do you ever like get tired though? Yeah. I mean, I definitely have like lazy days. I just like, I'm, I'm a person who likes to be productive and I, I find that I'm not doing something then I like take on more responsibility, which is not a good thing. So but yeah, I do like, I just, I, it's very hard for me just to like, just chill. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, like I definitely have lazy days. I definitely sleep in, you know, some days. So like, don't worry. I, I relax. <laughs> oh, good, good. Cause you don't want to burn out. I mean, that's yeah. something that I've been seeing on like the Twitter, just like the, you know, people are just so go, go, go. And that's, Yeah. And that's not a good place to be in. So yeah. Well, I think um the team like the com- yeah. community of Emla, like the way our work, like our Erin Murphy, she's our boss technically. Uh-huh. Um, oh, <sighs> um, she she's so great. Like our our um I can't like think of the words, but just the way like we operate and we're not under any pressure to do anything if we're tired or like we're just she lets us she gives us so much space to breathe she's really great so like I couldn't do it if I wasn't at him I don't think (laughs) oh that's wonderful to hear that so if you could go back in time and tell your younger self a bit of advice about being an agent what would that be um I think that when I kind of first started out I was really intimidated that I wouldn't have the presence to be authoritative um, because I was like always kind of quiet growing up and just like a little bit shy. And I, you know, like had authority issues. (laughs) Um, But I think the thing that I realized over the years is that like that doesn't really matter because the kind of agent sale I have is more of a partnership. Um, Like I think, you know, while there's definitely areas that I am kind of like the expert in or whatever, um, I, I want to be on the same level as my clients. Like you're, you're my partner in this. And so I think just like realizing that I do have the confidence to do all of that and it, you know, not to be so scared. <laughs> I appreciate all your advice and just the things that you've shared with me. And I, I'm so grateful to that because it's like, it's like a door opening for me. Like, it's like, oh, I get to see a little bit of the other side, like and understand kind of what I and you know that I'm doing it for so I mean that I'm doing these stories because I care about the stories that I want to illustrate and I want to put them out there with my work but it's kind of nice to understand the process of (laughs) of it so thank you so much now where can people find you online since this is a podcast and maybe they want to read up more about you and the Erin Murphy Literary Agency yeah, absolutely. So we are, the agency at a whole is at emliterary.com. Um, and 
we're redoing the website so it's gonna look so much better soon um and you can find out about me and all the other agents there and then um i also have my own website where i have like my manuscript wish list and some of the titles i represent that have book covers so far um and that is i think it's tara t gonzalez.com oh i actually don't know my own website oh, um okay uh, but yeah, I'm there. <laughs> oh, it's okay. I'll put it in the description box for those who are listening. And then um, is it okay if I put your Twitter as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. You can definitely put my Twitter where I um, tweet random things and lots of pictures of raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Tara, for being on this episode. And I'm super excited for everybody to listen to this. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye. Thanks.